deep conversations, fun games, and life skills with inspiring entrepreneurs. This is Games with Entrepreneurs. All right, guys. Welcome back. This is part two with my interview with Chuka, who is the CEO and founder of Diversity.io. Again, that is linked up into the show notes. Chuka, you know, something that we kind of touched upon. If you guys want to see part one, go to the App Masters. That's also linked up in the show notes. We talk a lot about the mobile side of things. But here, I really want to talk more about the personal and the race side of things. And something I talked about, too, was that we as Asian Americans have to do better. You kind of said it, too, that we're Asians are probably overrepresented in the tech space. So we need to do a better job of making sure our black and brown brothers and sisters are represented in the tech space as well. And I think for me, like something, and like I said before, you can always call me out if I'm saying anything offensive, okay? I think what I've, re- what I've learned from this white fragility is that we all have racist tendency or, or like it's this inherent thing that we all have. And if we call each other out, we're more likely to be more receptive. I think too many times we, you hear the word racist and you're like, fuck, that's not me, you know, like back up, that, don't even call me that. And you shut, shut down and you get defense mode rather than being like, all right, what did I do? How can I improve? And I think we need to have that stance. And I think we need to do that a better job of. One thing that is really affecting me is, and I don't know if it's the pandemic, man, because we've seen these shootings before. And maybe, like, I remember a time when we saw, I think it was Mike Brown, but we saw a lot of this. And I, and I wanted to text my friends who were black, but I didn't know what to say to them either too. And so this time around, I did go text. I'm just said, look, I'm man, I'm thinking about you and that's it. So what can I do better to be like making sure that I'm in touch with you? And what can I say to you just to be like, look, man, I stand with you. I don't, I don't know what to say to you, but I'm with you and I'm, I'm thinking about you. That's a great question. I, I think it's exactly that, you know, um, some people don't realize that uh, just somebody knowing that they, they care makes all the difference. Uh, they don't have to physically do anything per se, but just even knowing, because here's what happens. Uh, whenever, whenever a, a black person, for example, cares about what's going on and at the hands of who it's going on from, they, 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 they get, uh, there's a sense of worry and like safety or lack thereof that comes up. So at that point now it's like, okay, you know, who, who, who do I have any advocates that don't look like me? Or is everybody out there, is everybody out there like out to get me if, if it really came down to it? Uh, so I think for me, uh, when, I, when I heard from my white friends uh, and some of my Asian friends, it, there was, even though I didn't ask for it, I didn't even know I needed it, there was an assurance that came with it because I'm like, oh, wow, okay, like I guess I don't have to worry uh, because there are white people who, aren't, who, who, who do care and who see me for who I am and not as like a criminal or whatnot. So now, and then, and then at the same time, when I see the opposite, you know, from a microaggression standpoint, what I remember is the person who reached out, you know, that, that's actually what helps me deal with. It's like, if I'm on a call with like six white men and then they start saying racially insensitive things, uh, I think about the, the white guy who reached out to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about you or hey, is there anything I can do? Uh, how are you feeling? That, that's, that's where I go to in my head. And that's what makes me not like just go off or go ham on these, these guys who aren't really thinking about uh, the fact that, you know, like we're in sensitive times. You know, like I said, I want to be, I want to use this opportunity with my time with you to kind of think about what I'm feeling and get a sense from what you perceive too. So I have this BLM face mask and I wore it at Whole Foods 
and I'll tell you exactly how I'm feeling. And I want you to kind of help me figure out. And I felt uncomfortable because one of the things that after hearing about this, I feel I'm very, I'm getting emotional, but I feel like every black person that I see in the streets, I want to be like, yo, I'm with you. Right. Like, but I don't know how to say it. I don't know what to do, but I almost want to give them a hug and be like, look, you know, I stand with you type of thing. And I re- remember wearing it and I was just like, I felt uncomfortable wearing it because I was like, in my, like, you know, salt doubt come and came through in my head. Like, should I be the one wearing this? Like, does this even mean anything? Am I offending others by wearing this? Like, you know, other things started popping in my head and I don't know how to deal with it. And so I had it on the whole time. I was trying to be like, sleeve, if you're uncomfortable now, just think if you're in a black American, how uncomfortable you would be. Mm-hmm. So stop, like, mm-hmm. this is nothing, right? This is nothing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why, for some reason, I still felt uncomfortable and I don't know. And I'm like, should I continue wearing this or not? But mm-hmm. having kind of what you said in the beginning was like, made me feel better. Like, yeah, you should, because, you know, it's, if a, a black person sees it, then they'll be like, look, okay, that's someone that doesn't look like me. That's obviously got my back too. I don't know. You tell me, I don't know where to take it, but that's just telling you how I feel. I, I, I think so. So uh, there's nothing wrong with, uh, um, you know, like, showing that you support the movement. I think that, because it's the same as a white person or Asian person protesting Black Lives Matter, you know, whether it's through a mask or a t-shirt or a sign, it, it all communicates something. But when it really comes down to it, what you said earlier about if somebody says, oh, you know, that was racist or this is racist or this is white privilege or Asian privilege, mm-hmm. the way you respond, that, that's really what makes the difference. I, I, know a lot of, I know a lot of white and Asian people that will hold signs, but then they'll still say some, some stuff that I'm like, okay, you know, like th- that, that okay. destroyed the sign you made. Now, but what the, the difference is, uh, is how they respond if they, stay, they, they stand corrected, because I, I, I get it. Everyone is not gonna know everything uh, there is to know about what's racially sensitive or insensitive. You know, we're, we're just, that's just what it is, right? We're always gonna have our predilections and dispositions. The difference is in learning and learning that, oh, you know, don't say that. Or if you say that, you're implying that X, Y, Z. So just keep that in mind. It's all about how you receive the information from someone who's aware of what might be insensitive. But I will say that, you know, know, if somebody was uncomfortable because you were wearing a Black Lives Matter mask or T-shirt, that's their, it's their problem. Now, let let me even talk about something more specific about uh, the, the support for the movement. There are Black people who take offense, who would take offense to like a white person or Asian person showing, adorning something that's like their movement. And, and what I want to encourage there is to not take that personal because th- there's a lot, there's so much, uh, there's so much that goes behind. It's, it's almost like, you know, during the riots, uh, a lot of black shops were destroyed, are destroyed. You know, every major riot that's been, most of the stores that have been destroyed are minority owned. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like the, the, the people who are angry aren't thinking about their own kind just tells you how emotional this thing is. So th- there's no real foul to somebody being offended, a minority being offended at the support other than the fact that, that they're just, the emotion is too heavy for them and it's still personal for them, you know? So I don't think it should discourage the people who care uh, I think the people who care should just learn the right way if there's a better way, but there's nothing wrong with uh, outward support. I think a lot of the quote unquote, what's wrong is just the things that I said mm-hmm. and not wanting to, not wanting to learn from those things, you know, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't take away the the support. Cause really, if you think about it, if every, 
white or Asian person that was for Black Lives Matter said, you know what, I'm afraid of offending black people by doing this or that, so I'm not going to do it. That's, that's when there's a real problem. You know, that's when like, we're going to have cultural warfare because at that point, like, you know, it's, it's, I always say that like with George Floyd, um, it was easy for him because there were not, if, if, if there were several white people around them protesting, George Floyd would still be alive, you know, mm. more so than black people. Because they were like, oh, my, my own kind is saying there's something wrong with this. And there's nothing more impactful than your own people not supporting something you're doing, like your own ethnicity, your own gender, whatever the case, your nationality. So, so that, that will make a difference. I think the big win is when the people stay, stand courageously, despite opposition from both sides, and are just like really open to learning what it is that they can do to support a movement like Black Lives Matter. So are you saying stop being uncomfortable, just keep wearing the mask? Yeah, if, if that's if that's like an easy way, absolutely, man. I I, I know if I saw if I saw an Asian guy wearing the a BLM mask, like I would give him a, a fist, you know, or yeah. something, you know, not not like a punch, but like you know, right. like no, a yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> People can't see the visual, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but, uh, but you're you're paving really you're you're paving the way because if another Asian person sees it, then right. they realize, oh wow, like it's not weird to be an Asian in support of. Uh, so any, any pioneer is always going to get some kind of opposition, but that, that's just, that's how, that's how movements are made. You know, I'm so glad you said that. Don't be offended if a black person or other person in minority is offended by you wearing that. And I think because I'm able to empathize a little bit just because, you know, when you think about the pandemic that's going on right now and the fact that George Floyd and all these killings have been happening with, and I'm emotionally impacted. All right. And I'm not black, but you, what I've heard is, look, we've been living through this for those who are black. We've been living through this. You're just getting woke now, but this is something that I've been living through my entire life. And one guy I just read from the New York times, he's saying, look, I stopped watching this. His kids were like, Hey, did you watch this dad? He's like, I stopped watching this because I've seen this when I was your age. I don't watch it anymore. So just think that we're all home. You know, we're all pretty emotional right now. And the fact that I'm impacted by this at a certain level, I can see why there would be so much anger, so much more, because you live through this so much longer and been impacted by it so much more than I have. So I don't take offense to it. And that's why, but I think, how do you, Chuka, like, how do you try to educate people? How can you educate people without people getting so offended? Is it just people calling each other out and be like, hey, yo, don't get offended by this. Listen up and other people stepping in so that you have that sort of, you can come in and start talking to them because I'm sure like you would be like, Oh, I don't want to offend this person, blah, blah. You know, these thoughts are probably going on in your head. I don't know. How do you, how do you, how have you dealt with it in the past? I think it's just really being aware of, uh, of, of these moments of uh, like, I will call it like the opportunity to, to enlighten or educate. If you, if you understand, uh, let me put it this way. Yeah. Uh, if you understand the system that we have now uh, in the U.S. when it comes to systemic racism and how just because of slavery and, and greed, uh, it's created a system that's made it very difficult for minorities to level up, especially black people. If you understand that, that's 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 it. You know, um, there's no argument there. I don't care how hard your life was as a white person or an Asian person. It just mm-hmm. won't, it won't it won't it won't stack up the same way because yes. of time. So. By virtue of that, well, because of time and colorism, which, you know, is like a settler culture thing. So if you, if you understand those basics, educating people that it does not matter how long they lived in a hood or how long they lived in a third world country 
or the fact that they have black friends or X, Y, Z, they just, all they can do is sympathize and acknowledge and then play their part in helping close the gap. Because the reality is that Will Smith, Denzel Washington, a lot of people know those guys. They're not going to get their knees neck anytime soon by, by some racist cop. So, but, but they're not, they're human beings just like us, you know? Um, and I know they're doing their part to help close the gap and give back, but, but we can't just have successful black people as the, the main champions that are really trying to give people who didn't have that kind of exposure or who weren't that lucky the, the same opportunities. I think everyone, it's just got to be like a, a sympathy thing where you're like, okay, look, we're all equal. Even though we look different, right. everyone is capable of doing the same thing. We've seen it at every single level. So, so then what do we do about that? I think educating people who, who have uh, points about, well, you know, if you look at the, like Candace Owens, I saw, you know, Candace Owens video, I don't know if you've seen it, but, yeah. uh, oh, you, I, I highly recommend it, okay. not in a way to support what she's saying, but just look at Candace Owens, uh, George Floyd, you know, it's on YouTube, it's on Instagram, okay. but she says all these facts uh, about crime rates that don't really consider the systemic issue that there is in the first place. So, so she's not wanting to listen to what's really going on. You know, she's coming from a, uh, you know, it's wrong to support criminals and, and uh, uh, make them uh, matters and, and, you know, like, like uh, immortalize them. But you got to understand that a lot of the, the way things are now are because of the system. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very, very, it's very quantifiable in terms of why things are the way they are now. And the way things are now are not good, you know. So how do we make it good? Um, before it gets any worse. Um, so, so it's really just like everyone, you know, black people, Asians, whites, educating any form of ignorance that they see and then hoping that, that whoever they're educating understands wh where they're coming from. You can't, force, you, can't take a, you can't force a horse to drink water if you take it to the, the trough. So all you can really do is just put it out there and, and keep on uh, doing your own thing by, by supporting however you see fit. You know, I can only speak on the Asian experience and I think what sort of the responsibility that I have with this is to speak with too many times we've relied on our black brothers and sisters to be the, the spokespeople of minor for our, us minorities, right? Like you guys do it. We're the model minority. We're going to remain silent. And I think part of it is also the culture that we have is very, very respectful to the elderly. So we always, and I think this is very similar in other minority communities but essentially we say uncle and aunt to everybody right almost like if your mm -hmm. dad's if your dad's friends is uncle and aunt and you're not supposed to talk back to the 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 big the elderly right and i think for our mindset when we came especially to america the white people were this elderly the the superior person right and so we're always mm -hmm. like okay yes whatever yes yes sir mm -hmm. and i think what i want to make sure that from an asian perspective we have to get through is i think we've been a puppet of the white person and being like, Hey, look, if these guys can do it, yeah. Why can't you guys do it? And not knowing mm -hmm. that I think we, and then we're, we're so proud of that Chuka, right? Like, yeah, we've done it. Look, we've come to this country. We've, we've, we're lawyers, we're doctors. We've done, we've, we've built a name for ourselves. And I don't think that we shouldn't just continue this whole, like being quiet, being this model minority. We need to speak up. It's time for us to speak up. And the one thing mm -hmm. that I thought, started thinking about too, and I think most Asians can empathize with this, a couple of months ago when Asian Americans were, you know, being spat on and being like, because this coronavirus that people thought just because I'm Asian, I'm more likely to have this. And I started thinking, mm. like, man, I don't want to go out. Like, I feel funny going out. Mm. And then I started thinking like, wait a minute, this isn't again, you know, back to this, like, this is nothing, Steve is like, 
dude, you have to think like, if I'm a black male, like I, talk, I was talking to my, one of my clients, he's like, Steve, I feel that way every time. You, with the way you're experiencing right now, I feel that every time I walk down the street. No, I'm like, you're right. Because this, once the coronavirus passes, I'll stop feeling this way. That I'm Asian, I can't walk into the streets without people thinking they have the coronavirus. That's going to go away. That's just the point in time. But this is a longer journey that we have to get through and we have to try to fix too. So for any Asian out there that's listening, may have felt this certain way, just think how it is being on a black American and walking the streets. They feel this every single day, right? Like it's, this is something that you must be able to empathize with and you have to use that power and your voice to speak out on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. I, I totally agree with you. All right, man. Well, this was a good conversation. This is things that I want to ask you this, like as someone who came from Nigeria, what has your experience been like? Cause I know for me, when I came here, I almost wanted to shield, like take off the Asian-ness, right? Like, I want to mm-hmm. be, no, I don't mm-hmm. want to eat this stuff. I don't want mm-hmm. this culture. I'm American mm-hmm. now. I want to be considered mm-hmm. white, so to speak. And one of the right. times growing up, I remember thinking, oh man, African-Americans, like nobody thinks that they're not American. Like nobody, everybody's just like, yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. American, right? And I'm like, oh, so envious. Like, man, I wish I could just be black and just be like, nobody would ever consider me not American. That was the big thing for me. But how have you... Mm-hmm coming to this country now, growing up in this kind of like where I was, how did you sort of adapt? Sure. Um, great question. I mean, I think for me, I came here at 16. So I was already a young man. I mean, I wasn't quite an adult yet, but I was already very established as a Nigerian, right? I wasn't as impressionable. My accent was like there to stay. So uh, I, I came here with a mission, uh, you know, first of all, was to go to school and then make something about education and, you know, be able to take care of, of my family. Uh, including my parents. And that, that was my focus, still is my focus. And, the, and I've had to learn a lot of things the hard way, like I mentioned earlier, when it comes to how being Black affects what I can do here in the U.S., right? And th- that's taken me moving. You know, I lived in Texas before, you know, lived in the Bay Area for almost 10 years, lived in Los Angeles now, which is super diverse. Um, I don't stand out as much here as I stood out in the Bay Area. That's just the reality of it. Right. The, the L.A., if you're 35 and, and below, it's more minorities than majority. And that's something I really value, that I'm in a, a space where I don't really stick out like a sore thumb, per se, but I can still do me. Right. Uh, versus like living in Redwood City for seven years and you're the only black person in your whole neighborhood and the cops won't let you like go home because they don't believe you live there. I think for me, there's a reality to what being black means here, but it's not a reality that I have to settle for. It's a reality that I have to transcend. And I think every black person is capable of transcending that. They just got, they need the, the opportunities and the support. So uh, my, my vision is that, because America, you and, you and I both know this is a, don't, no one person can say that they, they have any more rights to this country, okay? Mm-hmm. Only, only one group has rights to this country and those are Native Americans that were here before anybody got here. So it's a melting pot, you know, it's a melting pot of people from all nations and some are bigger than others, but Nigeria has more, it's the second most populous uh, Nigerian population is in the U.S. So there's wow. loads of Nigerians here. But I think for me, I'm accepting that uh, Nigeria has a strong culture and I want my kids to pick up on the Nigerian culture, but they're growing up in America. So they're going to pick up on American culture, whatever that is uh, anyway. Um, you know, so how do you, get, how do you get the best of both worlds without feeling like you have to uh, settle in? Um, and that's why I love Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is one of my favorite uh, um, characters of all time. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his because he he did this, you know, he he had a big presence in, in, in Hong Kong. He had a big presence in the U.S. 
he's he, he was born and raised in the Bay Area, you know, mm -hmm. um, but he never really completely put up his uh, his Asian culture. You know, mm -hmm. he actually went to went on to blend as much as he could of of it, you know, and he was the highest paid actor in the whole world, you know, at his prime. So I think for me, when people can bring cultures together and not let like their race stop them from their their grandiose vision, uh, they just need some so they just need support in some cases you know but uh the willpower i think makes a huge difference so i mean i, I do i encourage you know i definitely commend your your own journey as well because i know you you've broken a lot of stereotypes too like just just not letting anything about you limit your vision and you, you your 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 position in the industry so um, i think i'm very honored that you can relate or see how sometimes when people move to a country like the u.s or, or because of the color of their skin, they could be discriminated against. Yeah, I think, I don't, I don't know what else to take it other than I'm grateful to have this platform. I'm grateful to have a diverse group of, I would say a circle, right? Like people who I've talked to, people I know in the space. And I think it's important for us to have these conversations. And I think white people can have their own white, you know, you need white, other white people to do it. I can only do my part with the Asian community to be like, we have to do better. We must do better. And, you know, I think about this, Chuka, where it's like, we have to stop being offended, right? Like, there is a story here that somebody wants to tell you. And let's not take this whole, like, racist thing out of context. And yes, you, within that book, it was just like, we all have racial tendencies. Like, yes, it's true. It's inherent. So let's Talk, talk about it. Let's learn. And I, I hear, you know, I was in a group. I've, I'm in a mastermind with other white males, and I'm the only Asian there, and I'm the only white color person there. And you know, like one guy was talking about like being caught out, called out, and like, who have your guests, guests been? And he was like, look, I've tried to support. Like, I do my best. And I think we need to get out of that. Like, you're right. I haven't done a great job. Like me personally, yeah, I try to look for women. I try to look for people of color to get on the show to make sure they're represented. But I'm like. I could always do better, right? Like, I'm not going to take offense to it. Like, Steve, yo, you can do better. I'm like, yes, you're right. I can do better. You're right. You know, and I think we need to get out of this whole, like, I'm offended and you're calling me a bad person to, you know what? I could probably do better. And that's it. Like, you're right. If somebody calls you out, just say, I can do better. And I think that we can leave it with that. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to say there's no winning uh, if you're not a minority, uh, but it's, it's hard to win. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of work and sweat and, t you know, so, uh, I feel like it doesn't take that much to just acknowledge that, you know, you're still trying, unless your life goal is to win in the game of diversity, equity, and inclusion and racial equity. If that's your life goal, then it's possible to achieve it. But that's not the life goal of most people. Most people just want to do what they love and, and hopefully make money while they're at it, you know, and take care of their family. So if that's not your, your life's mission, then it's okay to just say, hey, I can always do better. It's the right thing to do. It's a smart thing to do. Uh, and I'm gonna do my part. But as soon as you, as soon as you try to argue the opposite or that you're doing good, when that's not your life mission, you've lost. Yeah. You know, you've lost, and and it will cost the business or the company or whatever it is. It's gonna cost them money, guaranteed. What can you say to somebody in the audience listening to this? What can they do to do better? You know, I think read. Obviously, there's a lot of great stuff, a lot of great content out there. And I think, yeah, what can they do? Yeah, so I would say, yeah, because a lot of the audience, you know, they're, they're entrepreneurs, uh, uh, devs, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think the, the market that we're targeting, I think I would just encourage, uh, no matter what your race is or your ethnicity, 
read White Fragility. It's a great book. I agree with you, Steve. You know, I mean, even as a black person reading it, I'm like, this is very, very useful. Even if I think I know X, Y, Z, it's very useful. I would read it. Um, and then from a, from a tech standpoint, uh, I would check out the Kaufman Fellows Diversity Research. If you Google that, you probably find the link. Steve, I can send it to you to include um, in, in the referral links. But it's, it's very, very, very educative. I mean, you see how I said Asians are 2x overrepresented. You know, you, that, that's where you find the, the research and the evidence. But you just see how, how strong the over and under representation is. And then you also see how, how significant the value is when it comes to having diverse teams. So I think it's important to think about that. And then I'm also, the last thing I would say is that I encourage people to even transcend uh, the racial or, or the gender part. You know, let's think of the socioeconomics, right? You know, um, and, and the difference that it makes when you, like, I'll give you an example. We're, we're helping a company recruit and they said, oh, we want people from Zynga and we want people from, you know, EA and just, you know, the big gaming companies. And mind you, this is a, this is a startup that is, is very small, you know, with only a very small handful of employees and they, you know, they raise money, but they're like, we want people from these big companies. And you see like that, that right there is a blind spot. Because if you say that, oh, because this person didn't work at Zynga or some a, a gaming company that everyone's heard of, then they, then they won't be good enough for us. That's a big mistake, you know? And, and you know, that, that, that kind of thinking is the kind of thinking that can limit real opportunities and real value being had. So that, that is also another example of a way that people can take full advantage of um, the different perspectives and backgrounds that can get into the picture versus just thinking, oh, okay, are they this or are they that, you know? So yeah, that, that's real inclusive thinking. And that's what I, that's what I, I want to encourage um, everyone with. Yeah. I love that. The, I also want to make sure that this doesn't end. You know, one of the things I had a conversation with my wife with is like, this is the movement that's happening now. It's not the first time, right? This has been going on for a long time. Let's make sure that this does not end. And so supporting black owned businesses, making sure that it's at least on top of our mind that every month we go, we seek out a black owned business. We buy from them. We, you know, there's all these spreadsheets going around. Like we got to make sure I have a Peloton and I'm like, I have the hashtag Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, this is my way of making sure that it's always on top of mind. Like, that's my main thing. Only because I want to make sure that this isn't something that for us as non-Black people, that we, and as a minority group, that we don't forget that this is a constant thing. This can't just be because of George Floyd and, you know, we, it peaks and then dies down again, like we've seen in the past. Let's make sure that it's always on top of mind. And that's just one thing that I want to make sure, whatever I can do in my part, make sure that it's always top of mind for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I love it, man. You want to want to have some fun, play some games? Uh, sure. <laughs> we were talking about so much serious stuff. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> something fun. This is called games with entrepreneurs as well. How are you in time, Chuka? I know I've, I've stolen a lot of your time. Is it okay? Yeah. 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 Four, okay. Four thirty hard stop. So. Okay. Let's good. do it. I got 10 minutes for you. All right. What was your last Google search? Ooh. Uh, uh Oh, <laughs> Last Google search, hold on, I have to think, because I, I searched Google a lot. You can do uh, YouTube as well. Okay, so my, my last YouTube search was, uh, <laughs> uh, it was a, a Black Eyed Peas video, music video for Mamacita. And uh, I like Black Eyed Peas, I love reggaeton, and I was just like in the mood to, to get up with some good music. I love it. It's a YouTube hack, right? Like if you don't want to pay for Spotify, which we like cut out everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, but the, video, the actual video too, you know, it's entertaining. You know, yeah. It's just the sound. I like it, man. Who was your celebrity crush or who is your celebrity crush? 
Ooh, ay, ay, ay. Um, Alicia Vikander, she played uh, Lara Croft in Tomb Raider, Michael Fassbender's wife, you know. Mm. Uh, I have such a big crush on her because she's just broken so many, so many boundaries. Uh, and I think, I think that's fantastic. Uh, she's Danish, by the way, and uh, she's done really well. Dude, I didn't know she was in another movie because I discovered it in another movie. I was like, oh, that's the Tomb Oh, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you yeah, seen yeah. that? That's, and I was like, who's oh, yeah. that lady? Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, she's Tomb Raider? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, she was great. She was it's a good great. movie. I think that's probably, oh, yeah, that's probably her best work, I would say, to date. Yeah. The name a present or gift that you'll never forget. Uh, a present or gift I will never forget. So I would say my ay 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 uh it's probably a gift that i've received uh so many different times but uh i love music and every time i get an itunes gift card i never forget it it sounds <laughs> silly and cheap but i love itunes gift cards always hey that's a cheap way for me to make a memory for you then next no time problem. i see you man <laughs> <laughs> no beer needed just itunes gift card that's all you need yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> brother! It is called diversity.io. D i v e r city as in town. Chuka, if the audience wants to follow up with you in any way, do you want to send them anywhere else? Yeah, LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm always active on LinkedIn. Uh, it's a great resource, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to. My whole idea is, you know, I want to be able to give back and communicate with people who have questions and thoughts. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm overwhelmed, but not to the point where I cannot respond to people over time. So, yeah. That's a, a great route. Well, it is diversity dial, but Chuka's got a great wealth of knowledge in the mobile gaming, mobile app space when it comes to analytics, when it comes to retention, all these factors that we covered in the App Masters podcast. If you're looking for somebody who can help you with some on the mobile growth side of things, definitely check him out as well. Just click on his name and it'll take you to his LinkedIn profile. Chuka, thank you so much for this conversation, man. For an hour and a half of your time, I'm so enlightened, enriched, by this whole conversation, not just on the app side, but on the personal side as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the time. It was a pleasure. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat.